Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. We are once again joined by Nicole, and we are talking about 1984, so if you haven't listened to the previous two episodes, please be sure to go back and listen to those, as this is like a continuous, you know, story, and you don't want to get spoilers. Eh, spoilers? Is that the right? Yeah, I guess. Um, so, yeah. A lot of cool stuff is happening right now. We are, um... Our Patreon's open, and if you want to help support the show, get some cool things, I would really appreciate it. It's really helpful. It helps a lot. And I'm going to have some new content um, coming up for that. So that's in the works. And we're streaming on Twitch. So if you like video games, uh, we're playing Pikmin, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Sometimes Among Us, and we're going to be starting playing Zelda Breath of the Wild here soon. So that's a lot of fun, and I would really love if you guys joined us for that. And I think that's all I've got for you guys up here in the intro, but yeah, we'll catch you in the episode. Hello everyone, we are back with 1984 by George Orwell, and I am once again joined by Nicole. Hi! So, these few chapters that we're about to get into are interesting, to say the very least. Um, So if you haven't read 1984, I highly recommend reading it first, because we will be a little spoilery, and we're going to go through everything, so please read them first. If you're new here... um, welcome and if you're not you know the drill so let's get right into it so chapter eight we uh winston starts off with uh this is the second time in three weeks that he decided to miss a night at community center and attendance is checked which so for the fact that they don't allow a lot of solidarity i couldn't imagine having as a introvert myself i could not imagine being forced to constantly be around people in a community center and like it's not even like they're doing fun things all the time he talks about how he attends lectures about like chess and (laughs) like all these random things like he, he says he has like six drinks of victory gin attends lectures plays a couple of games and then goes home it's i feel bad for this poor man part of me does i hate winston i don't like him i don't like him either but i also can understand how people would crumble in a society like that because it's horrible it's terrible and just having to force members of a party like of a people to have to attend to something like this is crazy to me like i can't even imagine putting myself in that place it made me wonder if chess is the only thing they play yeah because i mean there's so many things that are outlawed but secretly outlawed so it's not like they can play video games really like Mm -hmm. i don't think i don't think there is a video game department no definitely not yeah i I think technology is is very limited to the peoples (laughs) if you're not of like high party yeah, this is also written in the 50s, too. So, like, bringing that into... And they still had arcade games, right? Maybe? Uh, uh, maybe, I don't know. I know I'll in the see. 80s that was very popular. Yeah, I don't know if it was in the 50s. 
I don't know. That might be something to Google later on. I know. Can you tell that we're both like babies here? We're like, what was popular in the 50s? How would we know? (laughs) I'm a 90s baby. (laughs) I'm a 90s infant, whatever that is. I didn't grow up in the 90s. I was just happened to be born there. So I grew up partially in the 90s. Well, I grew up. I'm in, yeah, I'm an early 90s baby. So (laughs) I would say like I'm a 90s baby, kind of. You know, I'm not technically a 90s baby because I didn't enjoy any of the 90s, but I was <laughs> born there. You know, I it, I was, I became a figment of the world in the 90s. I'm just old. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> my shock when I found out I'm a Gen Z, so. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would have um, hated this place. I oh, really yeah. would have hated it. Truly. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, so the next thing he talks about is taking a walk by yourself or doing anything that suggests you enjoyed solitude is incredibly dangerous to do. And that's so one of my like, favorite things. It's like, what? so so walking by yourself is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay. But walking with somebody is also dangerous. Yeah. Did you, re- you realize that? Like, it's it, this book contradicts itself. I feel so much mm-hmm. because, <laughs> because he can't walk with that girl. Yeah, that they he, talk about later. Yeah, I mean he can't. He, it's very weird to walk with other people. Yeah, so it's like some acts of solidarity are okay. Like you can shop alone, but you can't shop with someone else that's not your wife that you somehow met without falling in love with. Like. How do people find wives? That's my question. Because you can't walk or go on dates or spend time together because they don't want you to be in love. So, like, do you just kind of go into the supermarket, pick look a wife. around, just go, hey, are you interested in marriage? And then the girl goes, yeah, sure. Marriage sounds fun. What what day is it? Monday. I'm free on Tuesday. Do you want to get married on Tuesday? And he goes, ah, yeah, why not? Let's get married on Tuesday. Is that how this happens? Because I, I, I want to say that there is like a arranged marriage department. I, I really do. It has to be because I don't understand how anybody can get married because you can't be in love with your spouse. There's literal rules that you cannot be in love. You know, if you're in love, you're not allowed to get married. So how, how do they possibly like create unions? You know, like I don't understand what the selection process is like. No, I really want to say, like, if you're interested in marriage, you put your name on a list and you get picked and paired up with somebody by who, what is it? The Department of the Ministry of Love or whatever the the Ministry of Love is pure. I don't even know. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think it is Ministry of Love. That feels right. Ministry of Love. I don't have my notebook up here with my ministries typed out, but... Well, I just don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand how this happens. I don't, like, we have not been explained how him and Catherine suddenly got married. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't, they obviously did not care about each other, you know, and. And to be completely honest, from my rememberings of this from back in high school, I don't think they ever did talk about it. I don't think they ever did talk about their, how him and Catherine got paired up. It's so annoying because that would add such a layer to this novel. But, like, I just don't understand how anybody could be married. Yeah. No, it's it's very weird. 
is obviously like with Julia that we're going to meet soon. Um, like she's unmarried. She's 26 and she's part of the anti-sex league. I, is, she, is she 26? Yeah, she's 26. 26 or 27. 26 or 20. I thought it said 24, but I could be wrong. That may have just been my math. I don't know. I don't remember. Because at first I thought, because because when in this in this first like in the first couple of chapters where we're introduced to her, he says his age, which is thirty nine, and then he yeah. he goes he goes, oh well, you're like ten or fifteen years younger than me, mm-hmm. and I was thinking like it didn't click with me right away because I'm not good at math, and I was mm-hmm. like, wait a second, you know, and at first I didn't think the thirty nine thing, but I was like, did he like is he talking to like a minor? <laughs> That's what I, I thought too. I was like, I was is like, this oh, author shit. living out there like pedo fantasies? Even like a 10 year age gap. Like, I, okay, I know some people find love in a 10 year age gap, but like no, when you're, she's, she, if she was that young, I, you, that's grooming, you know? Like, yeah, no, at first, before like ages came into it, like, I really thought, like, I was like, holy shit. Like, I literally had to stop reading, get mm-hmm. my calculator out, and calculate that to see because I was like, if this man is a pedophile, I have some very serious questions to bring up with my high school. <laughs> yeah, I know. Still, I mean, that's... even now, I still have questions for my high school and why they allowed us to read this. Yeah, this does not feel like a book that most high schools would allow, for sure. Absolutely. Like, especially in these couple chapters that, that we're about to talk about, like, I don't know how, like, even Fahrenheit 451, they talk about manslaughter in there, so I don't know how we're allowed to read these. Yeah. Obviously, I wasn't allowed to because we never read it in school, but... I did. <laughs> Welcome to adulthood, children. Here, read this yeah. horrible book. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about... Uh, oh, trigger warning for this book in general. They talk a lot about um, rape and murder, so if that's something that's going to bother you, just, just skip this book. Um, take care of yourself because Absolutely. that's going to come off this um, section. So make sure you take care of yourself first before, um, you know, proceeding on. And now that that's out of the way, ugh, the fact that they even talk about that, you know, in this book should probably steer a lot of teachers away from discussing it with high school students like maybe seniors i feel like seniors can be more mature enough that they can handle this but like freshmen are still babies yeah i read it as a senior i mean it was uh, but still it's you know as the world is now i would never introduce this to high schoolers yeah i feel like Um, this is definitely college reading no i would say so too only because of the content yeah i think that it's the way the world is i think this is going to affect a lot of people and i feel like that's not something you can you know expose high school students to without saying hey this is the kind of content that's in here if you are uncomfortable here's an alternative reading you know i just i think that providing alternative reading and saying this is one of your options but here's a whole score of options here's any content warnings you might need to know about i think is better than just saying this is your only option read this and be scarred a little bit yeah no it's definitely definitely interesting yeah but so like 
the end of the end of part one mm-hmm. is there <laughs> oh well we can talk about gets, it when we get there because we're not there yet it's pretty grim <laughs> oh yeah we'll talk about it we'll talk about it we'll go back to where we are tangent aside now we are back um winston decides to take a walk alone tonight and he w- takes a walk down the I- i've been pronouncing it pearls is that how you're pronouncing it uh yeah pearls someone in the comment section is gonna be like absolutely not uh, it's pronounced p i don't know P-Rowl. i've just P-Rowls. been calling them pearls or whatever whatever comes to my mind as i'm reading through it i know it can go both ways in my mind <laughs> Um, so he takes a walk down to the proles again, and if they're watching him, he's going, uh, like, and if the patrols are watching him, he's going to end up in big trouble. Mm-hmm. So apparently there's a possibility that he might stop and get questioned by the patrols because he's not supposed to be in this area at all. So then a bomb goes off in the middle. Oh, trigger warning again for uh, war. 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 You know, if that's something you're uncomfortable with, just... Yeah, these chapters are not going to be for you. These, this book is not for you. We enjoy Pride and Prejudice a second time while you're waiting. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Anyways, so uh, a bomb goes off in the middle of the street for no reason, and Winston has to fall to the ground with his hands over his head. So the proles are allowed to play the lo- oh and like shrapnel flies everywhere and then everyone gets mm-hmm. up and acts like it didn't happen <laughs> pretty much it's like it happens and then it's just like over everyone's like whoops okay that happens sometimes and then like two streets That's down the grocery store <laughs> yeah and like kids were being pulled inside and there's like a um a house that's like demolished and everyone's like ah whatever you know that happens sometimes and mm. continues on so the proles are allowed to play the lottery and it sounds like they take it very seriously. It's <laughs> kind yeah. of their only source of entertainment because I think all sports are canceled. Um, the lottery is managed by the Ministry of Plenty and it turns out the big prizes go to imaginary people and only the small prizes get paid out. And like with the government that, that is that corrupt, it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But it surprises me that no one has realized that yet. You know, in the... Yeah. Because it's like, with if the number of people that... That country is not that large. You would know someone who knows someone who knows someone that won the lottery. Yeah. Not just hear about it in the newspaper. Yeah, it's very interesting. They they have very... They are in control. Mm-hmm. The, the government, or the ministries, or Big Brother... Whoever we want to call is has some serious control over this country. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, in the 50s and 60s, they wiped out the older generation. So now there's very few old people left, which I don't know how people didn't go, oh, that's a sign of a problem. <laughs> so... Um, Winston decides that he's going to go into a pub and question the old man to try and figure out what it was like before the party took over. And then doing this, patrols uh, frown upon, uh, patrols frown upon doing this, and he's probably going to get into a lot of trouble. And they don't even allow party members to go into pubs at all. 
So not only is he going to get in trouble for talking to a parole, he's also going to get in trouble for going into a pub. Mm-hmm. So the old man tries to order a pint, but the barman says there's only liter and half liter. And I don't know why they would change that. Like, why would the government change it from pints to liters? I don't know. Like, that's just a weird, very specific change that I felt like did not need to happen. Uh, well, they're all about specific changes. Truly. I mean, they really are. They, it, it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's very weird. So for some reason, only the proles are allowed to drink beer and they can't even, they can't have any gin like the victory gin that Winston drinks. So Winston gets himself and the old man half a liter of beer, which I don't think Winston's ever had beer because he's only allowed to drink the gin. I don't know why there's this separation either where some mm-hmm. people are allowed to drink beer. Some people are allowed to drink the victory gin because I think the victory gin in my head, at least is kind of mind controlling. So I don't know why they wouldn't want everyone to drink it. Yeah. And then it goes even further because the people even higher than Winston mm-hmm. get the real coffee. Yeah. You know, so it's like, why are there classifications of what people can eat, drink, smoke, whatever? Yeah. Based on what class you're in. It is it is some serious control. And it's confusing because why? Why control that? And it's like, wouldn't you want everyone to be under the same level of mind control? So I don't know why there's like segregation mm-hmm. based on where you are in the classes. Like, I would think you'd want everyone, okay, everyone gets uh, the victory gin, everyone gets victory whatever, but, like, for some reason, proles don't get any, even though they're, like, technically the lowest standing. And then if thought police and and the government knows that proles are an issue, because this has come across where proles are basically the only people who can save everybody, Yeah. why hasn't the government eliminated them completely? Yeah. So it's like, why, like you said, why are there factions? Mm-hmm. It's It reminds me so much of the Hunger Games in the factions. Yeah. Kind of like Divergent to me. And Divergent, exactly. So like you have like, you have your districts and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, it's very, it's very Divergent or very Hunger Gamey to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very dystopian. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't understand. Like, I know there's some specific choices he's made, like George Orwell as a writer, but like mm-hmm. there's a couple of them in here that I just don't understand why he thinks the government would do that specifically, why he would they would leave some people alone, why they wouldn't try controlling everyone at once. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Maybe our eyes will be open towards the end. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so Winston tries to get this guy talking and uh, Winston says how he thought everyone was in poverty except the capitalists before the party, and he thought workers were the sa- slaves to capitalists. And that, to me, I, if you wanted to take a look at the way our society runs, like from an outsider's perspective, as if you had no play into it, mm-hmm. capitalists do kind of just run the world. Like, not to the extremes that he says. He basically says that capitalists were able to take your wives and all this stuff and, like, buy the clothes off your back and everything. And it's not to that extreme. Mm -hmm. But, you know, 
houses and homes and all that. Basically, you have to rely on capitalists to give you money, pay mm-hmm. you for a wage, and hope that that wage is livable to then own a home. So it's like, I can see how from an outsider's perspective, if you never participated in our world, how you could draw that conclusion. Yeah. It's like, the world's not great. We have so many people living below the poverty line, and we haven't moved the poverty line up to reflect the real world. You know? So Mm -hmm. it's just... That part kind of hit me a little strong. Yeah. So the old man is not all there, and Winston is very disappointed. This guy... I don't, he seems to have suffered the same thing Winston kind of does, where he, his memory is very like spotted and mm-hmm. vague. So he remembers very specific instances, but he doesn't remember the whole of the world. Correct. Yes. But it's kind of the same thing Winston's going through is he doesn't remember his childhood because technically his childhood was before the party took over, but he can't remember it at all. Like it he, seems a lot of the older people in this book are suffering from the same thing. Yeah. So it's like, I wonder what they gave the older people to allow them to still live where they killed the majority of old people. Mm-hmm. So it's like they had to do something to them. So Winston leaves the pub when the old man goes to the bathroom and ends up in front of the junk shop where he bought the dar- diary originally. And then against his better judgment, he ends up going inside. So Winston went in and bought some sort of glass object and he's guessing that it's a paperweight. And from his description, I really don't know what this object is. I just want to say it's a paperweight. From yeah. what I think, it's like a crystal of some kind. Okay. You know, I'm guessing... It's a glass crystal of some kind. And it's surprisingly, like, even my grandmother has them. Mm-hmm. She has, like, these glass things that are, like, paperweights. Yeah. I was guessing that it was one of those things. You know when you go to the aquarium and you can get the glass thing that's like flat on the bottom and then like curved on top and it has like a little jellyfish inside yes that's what i was thinking of oh okay i don't really know (laughs) it feels like it wouldn't fit in your pocket very well so maybe it's smaller but who knows um so shopkeeper takes winston up to an old bedroom to show him around and winston is immediately drawn to it He's, like, obsessed with this bedroom. And, like, keep in mind, this bedroom has, like, cockroaches in the bed. Like, bugs everywhere. And he's, Uh like, "Mm, this is it. Because it doesn't have a telescreen. It doesn't have a telescreen. Exactly. That, I think, is what attracted him the most. Is there Mm -hmm. was no telescreen. And I think it, to him, looked like what you would imagine people lived like before the party. Mm -hmm. So, I think, to him, it just gave him that sense of nostalgia that he's never really had. Yeah. No, he, even the old guy mentions having privacy. hmm Yeah. So, at this point, we find out that the party has burned most books. So, this is a very Fahrenheit 451 situation where they don't have anything past or earlier than 1960. Mm-hmm. Which hurt me. It hurt me very badly. <laughs> so, with... Uh, Winston happens to see a painting of St. Clemens, which is put to ruins now outside the Palace of Justice. And all churches that are relatively new are now said to have been made by the party. Anything old was said to have been made in the Middle Ages. And the capitalists were said to have made nothing at all. (laughs) 
And the thing that they bothers get me, nothing. True. The thing that bothers me about this is that they're claiming they made churches, but they don't have religion. Like, Correct. There's no organized religion because that bonds you to other people and that mm-hmm. creates like a grouping. So they don't allow you to have religion. So why would they make churches? Why would they even claim to make churches? What are they using these said churches for? Yeah. Like one of them got turned into a museum, but most of them are in ruins. So I'm trying to figure out how they're swinging this or if they're but, not I mean, why the churches. Why museum if you're trying to erase history? Mm-hmm. And later on, it's explained how it's literally day by day. Yeah. There is no past. It's pretty much present now. Mm-hmm. It's what is happening now. Yeah. There is no past because the past keeps getting erased. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand why they would even let people know that churches exist because that, you know, again, just groups people into parties. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't really understand that. And what's even in the museum? Like, yeah. obviously they don't want anybody to know history. So I don't, like, is the museum it's even open? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is the museum even open? Does it have, like, one scroll of, like, whatever they want to be there that day? And then just everything gets deleted? Mm-hmm. It All makes right. no sense. So Winston leaves the little shop and decides that he's going to come back in about a month. So he steps out onto the street and immediately makes eye contact with the girl from the fiction department. And she hurriedly walks away. So... Winston in that moment realizes that he could follow this girl and he considers smashing her skull. He abandons the idea though because he doesn't want to put in the effort. And I do not like Winston. <laughs> I know this was another thing that I highlighted the sentence about literally taking her to a quiet place and just beating her head in mm-hmm. with a cobblestone. Like he's, it's yep. very descriptive with a cobblestone. Mm hmm. Like, he's such a trash bag. And, like, his result for a minor, like, granted, I know that he could be killed for this, you know? So, like, I know that that's his thought process. Like, if I let this girl go, like, I will die. But the fact that he doesn't even try and, like, talk to her first and his main reaction is to be like, oh, I'll just kill her. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, the first thought, who's going to clean up the body? Where is it going to go? How is that not going to get traced back to you? Mm -hmm. You know, second thought, like, why is that your instinct not to be like, oh, no, I can't believe this happened. What am I going to do? His first thing is maybe I'll just like kill her. Yeah. Like, this is not a normal behavior. No, it definitely isn't, you know, and it's crazy because in as it progresses, he talks about how if you get caught. It's either you get tortured or the proper thing to do is to kill yourself before yeah, they he, got, get you. Mm-hmm. He goes back to his apartment. And he's like, maybe I should just like kill myself. He goes, no, there's no good way to do that. Like because all this stuff. guns, because firearms and poisons mm-hmm. are, are, you can't get them. It, they're yeah. unprocurable. Mm-hmm. Is the word he used. And so the only way to do it would be what? Hanging? Jumping? Jumping? 
pretty much it. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I, like, I get why the thought process went here, but I feel like it should have gone that way before he was like, maybe I'll just, like, kill this other girl who was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and happened to see me coming out. But at the same time, what is she thinking? Because she's in the same place. Mm-hmm. If if she works in the fiction department in his building, obviously, then she's in a place where she shouldn't be either. So I wonder what she is thinking. I wonder if she's thinking the same thing he is thinking. I don't know. Because they, they don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. They just look at each other and she runs off and he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Do I kill her or do I kill myself or do I just wait around and they always come in the night? <laughs> I don't even know. It's so bad. That's bad. <laughs> so part two. Yay. Yay. And again, again, it all it ended with war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. That the whole part ended with that statement. How many times so far has that statement been laid out across our pages? <laughs> I know. And I really just, that statement, every time I read it, like hurts me. It hurts me deeply because it's like the fact that they drill this into their mind so much Mm -hmm. drives me crazy. Yeah. This whole book is just driving me crazy a little bit. (laughs) Just a little. Because I don't know the characters. I don't like any of them. Yeah. But, like, also the idea that this could be a future and a possibility mm-hmm. shakes me to my core. Yeah. So, chapter one. Winston is at work, and he gets up to go to the bathroom, and the girl from the fiction department starts walking up to him with her arm in a sling. So, uh, at this point, he talks about how it's very um, common for people to break their arms and, like, have problems in the fiction department because of this heavy machinery that they're lifting and doing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great. So not only do you have to rewrite fiction, you have to worry about broken arms. And I'm pretty sure there's no, like, workers' comp. (laughs) There's no workers' comp here. (laughs) I know. They make her still go to work and lift heavy machinery with one broken arm. Mm Mm-hmm. So the girl trips and falls onto her broken arm and Winston helps her up. And at the same time, she slips something into his hand. And the fact that she had to fall onto her broken arm. To sneakily get this paper to him. I know. But I I have to say, she's a tough cookie, man. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, you know what? This isn't worth it anymore. Like she, she stands up. Ooh. She stands up and she's like, it's nothing. It'll be all right in a second. Like, girl, your arm is broken and you just fell on it. And it's not even casted yet. Yeah. It's just in a sling. And you're, oh. say- and you're saying it'll be all right in a second? No, honey. Oh, I'd be so mad. <laughs> I've re-broken arm, like, oh, going back to the doctor. Oh, she's a cookie if she falls on her broken arm, passes a note, gets back up, says it's okay, and... <laughs> That's I know, you'd see me crying, tears coming out of my eyes. Yeah, no. Like, I'm sure it wasn't a hard fall because she obviously planned a fall to slip in this note, but still, even like no. touching it. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he wanted to read the note in the bathroom, but they watch you in the bathroom, so he had to add the scraps to his desk. Like, 
first of all, this is coming back to the pornography department. Is that where they get their footage? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they get their footage from the bathroom and from married people having sex from the telescreen. That is what my, that is what it boils down to for me. I know. I, (laughs) I don't know how you can let a society get so far into the fact that now you can be watched in the bathroom. So creepy. It is. It's really creepy. So creepy. There is no privacy. Absolutely no privacy. Like, and like, we are coming up with these we're coming up with these solutions that yes, they're getting their pornography from the bathroom. They're getting their pornography from married couples from the telescreen because there is no privacy. Mm-hmm. There's just none. And I'm I saying, just, how would you I ever know? See, I don't even see this ha- them having like a, well, they do talk about porn sec, you know, but is porn sec an actual porn department <laughs> where they're making porn? <laughs> I don't know. And the fact I, that later on, we find out that that entire department is just filled with women. Yeah. No, it, it's very, it's, it's very odd. <laughs> so is it like lady porn? Lady porn? Yeah. It could be. It could be. It could be. Lady porn. <laughs> I don't know. I have so many questions about that. Like, first of all, that is talked about a lot in this book for the fact that like, we don't learn about any other <laughs> department, mm-hmm. but he's, he brings up the porn department. What is this? Quite the third bit. time? This is the third time so far. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so it's very odd. Yeah. Apparently men in the 50s didn't have a lot else to talk about, I guess. So. I guess. I would just love to sit down with George Orwell and be like, okay. Couple questions. Couple questions, sir. <laughs> First of all, are you okay? Enlighten me. <laughs> yeah. Ha- have you gone to therapy yet? And if not... <laughs> Can I hook you up with a therapist? <laughs> Third question. Why? Yeah. How was the war and are you okay now? How's I the PTSD? Really think, like it's PTSD. Like part of me just wants to say that all of this came from like PTSD. Oh yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it had to. Yeah. It's very interesting. He gets back to his desk and after like eight minutes, of it being on his desk, he finally looks at it and it says, I love you on the paper. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. We can talk if about it. Only talk about it. this girl knew. And eventually she finds out. But this is the girl he wanted to slit her throat, beat her with a rock, mm-hmm. like rape her. Like, and now he's getting a note saying, I love you. Like, First of all, and also, you have never spoken. So, like, you're not, you don't love him because you don't know anything about him. You're yeah. lusting after him. First of all, that's already concerning because he has never shown any sort of interest. I don't think that he's known to be conventionally attractive. In my mind, he is not attractive. Yeah. Like, I see a very older, gruff-looking man in overalls who's just... An alcoholic. Limping around. He's an alcoholic, and he's limping around. I see, you know, I see him with a beard because it's hard to get razors, you know? Mm -hmm. So I see a very scruffy man when I envision Winston. Mm -hmm. And then when I envision this girl, it's like she's hot mama. Yeah. (laughs) You know? I'm like, you can do so much better. Like, first of all, 
Winston is a dirtbag. Like, he is not a good person. He's not kind or nice or any qualities that you should want in a partner. Mm-hmm. And then he's also, like, a psychopath a little bit. Like, he's talking about, like, killing someone he doesn't even know just because she had the audacity to be a member of the anti-sex league. Yeah, and he's, and he's like, paranoid. After hearing, he's like, he's paranoid that, oh, she's going to trap him. Yeah. You know, or they're trying to catch him in the act of something. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's, like he looks it's at, crazy. Winston looks at women as for what they can do for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any sort of love for an individual. He's like, if they cannot provide me with the relief that I seek, then I am not interested. Like, he literally talks about her young, youthful body. And I was, like, vomiting in my mouth. Yeah, like, and they, he still hadn't met her yet. Mm-hmm. You know, they he just got the note and he's thinking about how to get in touch with her and he's thinking about her naked body and he doesn't think about her doesn't like what's her name you know he doesn't think about any of that he thinks about her naked body and that's it Mm -hmm. no and And it's like he's he seizes and and the fear that he might lose her or that Mm -hmm. her youthful body might slip away from him First of all, what's he going to do when she gets old? It's so weird. Like, he doesn't <laughs> care about her personality. He doesn't care about her interest. He doesn't care about what her name is, what her, ho- like, hobbies, anything. Like, all he cares about is her body and her appearance. Yeah. No, it's it's very weird. And, and it seems like the first couple, like, and he's trying to, like, meet her at lunchtime and things like that. And it's just, like, the whole interaction between them is awkward, mm-hmm. you know. And, like, when he can't meet her at lunch and he thinks about, like, killing that guy, I was like, oh, great. Like, this is what we had to deal with. Like, she should have picked anybody else because Winston is, first of all, a tool and, second of all, a dirtbag. Yeah. No. You know, it just... <laughs> And then just getting the time to set up and talk. Like, the one interaction they had is, like, meet me here at this time, but don't Mm -hmm. talk to me. Don't talk to me unless there's people around. It's like... Yeah. And then in that correspondence, when they finally get there, it's like, okay, now meet me here at this time. Mm -hmm. Like, how many times are you going to do this? (laughs) I know. Because they're literally just lusting after each other. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, because the first time they have no real conversation, they just bound chicken. Wow, wow. Yeah. Anyways, after getting the note, Winston carries on with his day and goes to the center and tries to live normally so he can think about it all night. So, this is the point where he's laying in bed thinking about her naked body, nothing about her personality, just how her body might slip away from him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> Screeper. So bad. So Winston's trying to think of a way to communicate with her, but all the letters are opened in transit, so he can't mail her a letter. So apparently no one mails letters anymore, he talks about. And he decides that he'll wait until she's alone in the lunchroom and try to approach her. So he gets very close to talking to her one day in the lunchroom until some guy he barely knew called him over. It was too dangerous to refuse, so he thought about killing the man. I just, it's so, he's, it's he's so such bad. a violent person. He's very, he has some serious, rooted, some serious issues. And his oh, issues yeah. are seriously rooted. I know, it's so bad. Yeah, it's really bad. So he finally made it to the girl's table and 
uh, sat down and started eating. And they're very quiet, and they, like, whisper arranging a meeting for that night. Mm-hmm. So at the Victory Square, they see each other, and right before they're about to meet, everyone runs to clear space for trucks bringing Eurasian prisoners through. So Winston gets through the line until he gets right next to her, and she tells him to get Saturday noon off work, whispers directions to him on how to get to this place on the outskirts of town. And then she gave his hand a fleeting squeeze, and then they parted. There's no exchange of names or nothing. I know. It's just like, meet me here. Okay, now leave me. (laughs) First of all, how is that conversation not overheard? Because I know they're right next to each other, but there's people behind them. They're all packed in there like sardines. And might might I say, these people that they were bringing in was just because they conquered India. Mm-hmm. It mentions conquering India. So now Oceania has just grown a bit bigger. <laughs> I know. Okay, so chapter two. There are no telescreens in the country, but there's hidden microphones, and Winston is nervous about patrols as he makes his way to where the girl told him to meet. Because apparently you can't even go out into the country. You can't travel. You can't see the world. Mm-hmm. All you can do is go to work. They work like they said he works 60 hours a week. And she works 70. And then they have this time at the center they have to go to. And then they have, she has anti-sex league stuff that she has to do. And then he ends up joining some other group. So I'm like, how do you even like sleep? Like, obviously they don't want you to have hobbies. But like, there is no self-care. Like no. you have no time to check out and just relax. Like you, everything is planned. That's how they control you. Yeah. So the girl comes up behind Winston, and he's almost there, and he's picking flowers for her, and it scares him half to death because he's worried it's a patrol. But you can't admit guilt by looking around. You have to continue doing what you're doing. So he was just continuing picking flowers. But um, she brings him to a clearing and starts talking to him. <laughs> Where they finally <laughs> get yeah. to... Tell them their names. So, yeah, he learns that her name is Julia. Well, they immediately, like, start kissing. And then she tells him that her name is Julia and asks what he thought of her before she gave him the note. (laughs) I love his response. And he's like, oh, I'll start off on honesty. So he's like, oh, I thought about raping and murdering you. And then she laughs. Like, first of all. He was so blunt in this moment. Yeah, he literally, like, for everyone that's got the book at home, open it up. Look at that. He literally says, like, oh, I was going to, like, kill you. He said, I was going to rape I, you. I hated the sight of you. I wanted to rape you and then murder you afterwards. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he is a, like, he, and the fact that he was so blunt about this. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, ha, 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 okay. Like, first of all, how can you tell this character is written by a man? Yeah. She, uh, she literally, she, the girl laughed delightedly. Delightedly. <laughs> There's, like, so much I could say, and I just can't even form the words. Like, how twist? now it's like, how twisted is she? Yeah, because, okay, if someone on a date, imagine you're going on your first date, if they tell you that, like, 
they don't like cats. You're already like, ooh. And then they, you know, the there's a level of red flags. For some reason, when he met her, he decided to throw the largest red flag, smack her in the face with it, and then smack it a couple more times. That's basically what he did. You know, there's mm-hmm. not even just a red flag. It's basically an ocean of red sea. You know, like mm-hmm. it's so full of flags. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely um, alarming. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I thought you worked for the thought police. And she goes, you thought I worked for the thought police? No. Like, how would you not run away as soon as someone said, yeah, I thought about murdering you. Like, (laughs) that was just a thought I considered for a little while. Like, I would be, um, the police would be on the phone. I would be out of there. Like, I'm not interested. Goodbye. Mm Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's just like, oh, yeah, you know, it's not the first time someone thought about getting murdered. <laughs> like, that's basically her reaction. She's yeah. like, oh, you only thought about murdering me once? How <laughs> funny. Cute. We love to see it. I don't understand. Yeah, I'm I don't so get confused. it. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. So... Their whole interaction is interesting. And this, and Julia just. Uh... She's definitely a woman written by a man. Yes. She definitely is. Because Sorry, I'm, men out there. but <laughs> No, male authors need to hear it. Women do not react this way when you tell them, uh, yeah, I was going to murder you, and then I was a little busy, so I decided not to. Like, I, that is not how women react to that statement. <laughs> they don't laugh. They go, okay, that's cool. I'm going to call the police now. Goodbye. <laughs> Enjoy your prison time. So I don't understand. Neither do I, but her her character progression gets more interesting too. I feel like it gets worse and worse. It does. It yeah. does. Yeah. So he um Winston says that she is ten to fifteen years younger than him and um why is she interested in him? And she said that she's interested in him because he knew he was against them. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, I'm sure there's younger people that are also against them. But you do you, I guess. Yeah. So um, they went on a short walk and then, you know, looked at this bird. And then they came back to the clearing. And she immediately gets naked and says that she's done this hundreds of times. And, you know, obviously I don't have a problem. That's not where I have the problem. The problem is, is that, like, she's not well-rounded as a character. She's just mm-hmm. kind of like... Hey, I just met you. Um, you wanted to murder me? That's cool. Also, let's bow to go out now. Like, that's basically how all that we know about Julia. Mm-hmm. And that she's suddenly in love with this guy that was going to kill her five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that she has not caught the eye of the Thought Patrol yet shocks me. Because she says that she has used this clearing multiple times. She's had done the do with multiple um uh multiple men yeah well party Party members members. so i'm just like how did you not get caught yet like i feel like if you're you have a consistent behavior of going to these places and doing these kinds of things like you would be caught on by now (sighs) okay so they do the do and that seems to be the end of it chapter three they arrange their next meeting and decide that they cannot meet in the clearing for at least a month. 
eventually um, Winston lists a basically has a montage of them meeting, barely able to talk, kissing, and then having sex in a church. <laughs> I guess that's what the church is used for. <laughs> They're not used as churches, that's for sure. I mean, my guess is that no one goes to them, so. So now we finally get to find out a little bit about Julia. She lives in a hostel with 30 other women and apparently, or 30 other girls, and apparently hates women. Which is another reason that you can tell that this is uh, written by a man. Mm -hmm. Women support women. Anyways, we'll move on. I already have a lot of thoughts, but I'm going to just scoot on past that. Um, She uses the machines that build uh, novels and considers herself not very smart. She doesn't like reading, but enjoys making books. <sighs> She's so flat as a character. Like, she has no personality. And they basically are like, here's what we want in a woman. We don't want her to be intelligent. We don't want her to question the man. We want her to be boring. And see, this man who is 39 and doing nothing with his life or, you know, has any sort of happiness or success, we want her to care about him only him and nothing else because she's not allowed to have a hobby. Mm-hmm. It bothers me so much. Yeah. So she lives in the hostel with all these women. And then it talks about her character and how kind of sort of kind of how she grew up a little. She talks about her grandfather and then mm-hmm. her history of being troop leader and the spies and everything yeah. and having a good reputation and being handpicked to work in porn sec. Yeah. Which, again, I feel like this author's just living out his fantasies right now. And she only remained there for a year. Mm-hmm. And they provide, they, and this is where I think it may have been uh, lady porn because the titles. Wait, read me. Do you have it up? Because I don't, I, do. I didn't write it down. I do. So it says um, she remained there a year helping to produce booklets in sealed packets with the titles like Spanking Stories or One Night in a Girl's School to be brought, oh gosh, by (laughs) protelarian youths who were under the impression that they were buying something illegal. Like, listen, we love ladies who love ladies, but like, I... This... The they're capitalizing on to youths. Yeah, but they're also capitalizing on ladies who love ladies. It feels like with these types of uh, genres. Yeah, and and he and he, and Winston being the curious little gross thing that he is is like, what are they like? And she tells them they're boring. Really, um, they only have six plots, but they swap them out. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't seem far off. So. <laughs> So I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and they what have a rewrite squad. What are they rewriting? <laughs> I guess the porn. I don't even know. I don't understand. Like, are they writing in party members to the porn? Like, what do you have to rewrite that's political? Because basically all the rewrites are like political predictions, anything that conflicts politically. So like, what are you rewriting? Yeah. What do they put in this? Yeah. 
So, so what's interesting is when, when he's talking about the hostel, hostel, they talk about how Mm -hmm. she lived with women. Yeah. But when they talk about porn sec, where is it? It's so (laughs) here, they did not like having married women in porn sec because they thought girls are always supposed to be pure. <sighs> I can't. This is such a... <laughs> it, it, it hurts me because this is kind of the same... Yeah. He learned with astonishment that all the workers in porn sec, except for the head of the department, were girls. Not women! girls which means they're exposing like minors to this yes do you feel like this has a lot of correlation to men making women's policies on abortion because for some reason this is hitting me the same way this is hitting me in a lot of nasty ways yeah (laughs) a lot of disturbing ways because i also feel like the higher ups which just judging by the way this world is, are probably predominantly male, um, are probably enjoying the fact that they know that there's women behind this that are making these. and Not even women. Girls, yeah. Girls. That's, that's what gets me. I just is- thought of something yeah. worse. These are scripted and written. The girls that work in the department are probably the stars of this as well. Which it's it I it's I have a lot of questions for George Orwell. I have a, <laughs> I have so many problems with this. Like yeah, it's very. I don't even know where to start. Like my entire as reading this part, my entire heart's just kind of like, why is the main question that I keep coming back to. Like you didn't have to. You didn't have to put this in there. And yet, mm-hmm. this is, like, a big, prominent thing we keep coming back to. Like, Julia had her first love affair when she was 16. Yeah, that's the next thing we learn. Mm-hmm. Her first love affair was when she was 16 with a man who was 60. First of all, that is grooming. Any girls out there, if you are a minor and an adult man, whether he be 25 or 60 says that he is interested in you. I want you to very, very carefully look at the fact that this is why he's single and why he's with people that are not his own age. There tell an adult. A reason. Yeah, tell an adult. you're a minor and tell an adult. I don't care if you're a minor at the age of 17. Tell an adult. Because there's a reason that they are talking to you and it's because they are grooming you. If they are not interested in you when you are 20... And they are interested in you when you are 17. There's a reason. Um, that That's all I'm going to say on that. But please uh, tell an adult. Talk to a therapist. Not not for you, but to get a uh, unbiased perspective on that. Because your friends are also the same age as you, probably. So, yeah. yeah. It's just... And this man, this 60-year-old man, Mm -hmm. 
you know, they, it mentions that he committed suicide, you know, and how she mentions he, he it's a good thing. And he did a good job at it, too, because they would have gotten her name. Mm-hmm. Um, would have gotten his, her name out of him if he confessed. Since since then, there had been various others. Like Julia. Julia is. I'm sorry. She, oh, gosh. Can I even? She's been groomed. Word? She's been groomed by pedophiles. Yeah. And like, they basically the way George Orwell wrote her is to just enjoy that now. Like, she only wants older men. She doesn't want anyone around her age. And it's quite frankly kind of gross. No, it's very gross. He's, he, like, it's made me disgust Julia. The hard thing, too, is that there's no protection for minors at all, yeah. because obviously what she's doing is already illegal. Yeah. So, But she, now she's of age, and I don't know. Like, obviously, I have no shame with her, you know, partaking. In a shit show, pardon. Yes. She grew up in a very big mess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I'm more pissed off at George Orwell. That's how I feel. It's <laughs> I, like, I can't I even fault Julia as a character. I can't be pissed at her. I, I have to be pissed at George Orwell. Because it's like, he made a character who has been groomed and doesn't discuss it. Like, he... Winston does not think badly of this at all. In it's fact, just, he seems to find it hot. Like, yes. he's no, attracted he's, to the fact that... She's screwed around with multiple men. Yeah. Which, again, no problem with that. No shame. We do not slut shame on this podcast. But my problem primarily is just the fact that he made a character who's only interested in that, has no personality outside of this, and who has been groomed at the age of 16 to be with men in their 60s. And we're just supposed to be okay with that like we're supposed to be okay with the fact that Winston is taking advantage of this essentially mm-hmm. and I, I think it's like I, I no slut shaming but it's just disgusting that Winston Winston's just a disgusting person mm-hmm. and the further we get on he gets more and more disgusting yes correct like he's just the problem with Winston is the fact that he does not care about Julia at all. He cares about the fact that she has a warm body. Yeah. She's a warm body for him to screw. Yeah. And that is my main problem here is I want Julia to have character development. I want her to be an actual Mm -hmm. person and have interests and hobbies. And she doesn't. She Mm -hmm. only cares about her job. And not that working, being a workaholic is bad, but the fact that she has no interest outside of that besides Winston. Like, not only that, it's like she, she's not allowed to have character. Yeah, this like, is not passive Winston, Even Winston is like, you're a rebel from the waist down. Yeah, and she's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like, yeah, she's like, ha, 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 you're right. And she just climbs all over him. It's like... That's just basically saying, like, anything higher than your waist, which is your heart, your mm-hmm. your brain, you know, uh, anything. The knowledge center. He's basically, like, scrapping her completely. Mm-hmm. And he only sees her from the waist down. Exactly. 
It's disgusting. disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Poor Julia. But she also, she's crazy. (laughs) But it's like, she was written to be. She's written to be. She's written to be how she's written. She's written to be flat. You know, she's not written to be a character. She's written to be a female for Winston to be interested. She's not written to be her own person. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what bothers me the most. Yeah. Especially because she plays such a big part in this section. Yeah. So moving past all that, Julia thinks that the reason the party doesn't want people to be uh, in love or have sex is because they'll be too happy and not conform to the party. So Winston tells Julia about the time he went hiking with Catherine and they got lost and they were looking at the edge of a cliff while Catherine really wants to get back to the group. And Julia asks why he didn't shove her off. Keep in mind, Catherine is his ex-wife for anybody that... Not even not even her, his oh, still, ex-wife. They're still yeah. married. They're still married because they, they can't, can't get a divorce. divorce. They've been separated for like 10 years, though. They're still married. They're still married. <laughs> but like the fact that Julia's... What? He says he should have. I know. And the fact that Julia's reaction was like, hey, just like shove her off. I'm like, uh, No. Murder is not, and he's like, the reason I didn't was like, because it's kind of an inconvenience, you know. And I'm like, lots of paperwork, and I'm like, dude, what, what? And like, he doesn't even know she's like technically been banished or not. The only reason he thinks she probably hasn't because he thinks he would no longer be married, but he has no idea. I mean, how do you find out if you're still married? Do you go to the department and be like, can you tell me if if my wife is alive? I know because. So they decided to go back to the clearing again at some point and they start making arrangements. All right. So chapter four, Winston rents out a bedroom from the shopkeeper. Um, the same bedroom that is full of bugs. And uh, so Winston tries to meet up with her again and she has to cancel. And he has this moment of rage where she he's like, well, she might be cheating on me. Um, every time that she can't meet up with him. Keep in mind, she works like 70 hours a week. She's Did, wasn't part of the reason because she was on her period or something? He, they don't directly say that, but it's implied. Like she says, it's that time of the month. She said it's something about like, it's that time. It's that time. So, so it's I, like, as soon as that hit me, I thought, oh, she's on her period. Either that or she could be talking about hate week as well. Could be. But, then, this is, but they still talk about hate week after that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's either she's on her period or it's hate week. I can't tell. And, like, with this author, it wouldn't surprise me if he, she didn't want to meet up because she's on her period. Yeah. But it doesn't specifically say that it's her period. I have no idea. That's what I thought when she said that. That's the That's, first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. But, um... So he gets, like, unrationally angry. First of all, they aren't even, like, they don't have a stated, you know, we're um, only dating each other. These aren't even technically dating. Not only that, the guy said that he loved that he was screwing around, that she screwed around with other people. So yeah. why the hell is he getting all hostile? I don't know. And it's, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Be like, she doesn't belong to you. She can't marry you. You're already married. What's the problem? There seems to be no agreement that it's uh, you guys will not be, you know, entertaining others. So the more the more thing, the 
the more I think it's her period is because her reasoning, her, her, the exact reasoning she gave him, she says, oh, the usual reason it started early this time. Oh, so yeah. that's why I thought it was her period. Cause hate week, it wouldn't start early. Yeah. I that makes think. more sense. So that's why I thought that it was her period. So they can't hang out if she's on her period, apparently. <laughs> uh, so Julia meets him in the room and brought a bunch of black market food. She brought, like, coffee, jelly, bread, which... Where do they even get the food? Because if it's black market food, who's growing it? Who's producing it? Because this food isn't legal. Just stealing it. The higher party takes over and takes Oh, that it. is true. They were talking that some of it's pinched by the waiters and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's probably actually where they're getting it from. So, um, Julia asks Winston to turn away for three minutes, and he agrees. And when she lets him turn around, she put makeup on. First of all, ladies, does it take you three minutes to put makeup on? Because whenever I have to put makeup on, it takes me like 20 minutes. I'm trying to set and put the wing eyeliner on. Neither wing looks right. They both look slightly wonky or one's beautiful. The other one looks like it's like ugly witch of the West, wicked witch of the West situation. Like it's not cute. Yesterday for my stream and (laughs) it took me like 30 minutes. It takes me like, first of all, Putting just the foundation on is a 10-minute process. Not because yes. it takes me 10 minutes, but because at the end of, like, the three minutes of which it gets on, it, I sit in the mirror and I look at myself and I'm like, is this too orange for way too long? And then I just regret all decisions. We just need to talk about the process, okay, men? Listen here. Any guy who is currently listening, in case you want to write a story about a woman putting on makeup, it does not take 30 minutes. There is a process. There is face cleansing, moisturizing. (laughs) I mean, priming. Or for any of our gents who put on makeup or any of our non-binary friends, all of us, we know it doesn't take you three minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Why aren't we lying to ourselves? Yeah. If we say we need to get ready, we start an hour before, okay? No one gets ready in three minutes unless you just put on your soccer shorts and you walk out, okay? It, it, it takes longer than 30 minutes to put your makeup on. I can't. I know there's this girl on TikTok who does, like, the winged eyeliner for hooded eye bags. And every time I see – or not hooded eye bags. Eyelids. Hooded eyelids is what I'm saying. Every time I see her put it on, I'm like, oh, today should be the day. And I'm going to do makeup. I'm going to look like a queen – like, and then I think about how much work it takes and I'm like, I'm just going to watch her TikToks because there's no way I'm going to do it. I'm just going to enjoy her. Enjoy Com- her and pretend it's me. Yeah. Pretend dream, you know, but it's, it's not going to be me. I, that's a, it's like drawing, you know, I know you have to practice at it, but mm-hmm. I don't want to practice. I just want to be good the first time around. And I know that's one of my uh, fatal flaws as a human being. Well, that's, uh, you know, and, and the, the. The time, the the timeline of makeup. Mm-hmm. You know, when we first started, there wasn't much to it. I remember in high school, like makeup was foundation, some eyeshadow, eyeliner, and call it a done deal. Throw on some mascara. 
Mm-hmm. You know, now you got your blush, your contour, and then there's all these places you have to put your your bronzer. <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's like it's it's taken off into this crazy, crazy like I, I just I three minutes now. Sorry. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> and even he's like, oh, she doesn't look that like she looks better, but not like perfect because she's never done this before. I'm like, first of all, she's beautiful. She's a beautiful woman. Before, mm-hmm. after, during. Okay. Like, I know people love to put makeup on, but there's some people who don't want to put makeup on. They're beautiful no matter what. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, let's start there. And second of all, She's just bought makeup for the first time. Like, and she has this whole thing about how she wants to start wearing dresses and heels and be all girly and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, you do you. That's what you're interested in. But like, she is risking her life to put heels on. Mm-hmm. And like, she's going to have to practice in these heels because I don't think George Orwell understands. You don't put heels on for the first time and walk well. He walked like a baby giraffe the first time. A baby giraffe, I love that description. That's the perfect description. Your knees are wobbly, your ankles have no support, and you're three seconds away from twisting an ankle at all times. You know, it takes practice. Unless she gets like those little kitten heels, then, you know, you might be fine. But like anything taller than like half an inch, it's going to take a little bit of time to get used to. Yeah. No, she's definitely risking herself to give herself this this vision of beauty that she thinks she needs or wants yeah and it's like i'm all for expressing yourself and i understand in a culture where you cannot express yourself that you have more of a drive to do it Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where it seems to me where it's just like george orwell wants her to strive for femininity 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 yeah now i can't say it i know my pronunciations are not very good but the fact that he wants her to strive for that and have no other character or like character development bothers Mm -hmm. me like that inherently bothers me because he's basically talking about how like this is his idea of beauty and anybody that falls outside of that should want to strive for that like there's ladies who like to wear overalls and they're not any less of a woman for wanting to wear overalls and are you kidding me i wear my husband's clothing sometimes I know, and it's just, <laughs> it bothers me. It bothers me that this is the one thing that he's like, oh, she's a woman. She's going to want to dress feminine. Not all women want to dress feminine, and not all men want to dress masculine. Mm-hmm. And more power to all you people who want to break boundaries and go against what everybody thinks. Clothing does not have a gender. We start it there. does not have a gender. Be just, you. I know. It just bothers me that, like, that this is a plot line that we have to deal with now is her risking her life to wear heels and a skirt because George Orwell thinks that that's what women want. This is, it's like when you read this, you can tell that it's written by someone who only had their only ideals for women were hippies housewives. Yes. No, 100%. I just, oh, I can't, I can't. I have to go past it because I wasn't going to lose my mind. <laughs> so Julia notices the painting and repeats the rhythm the shopkeeper started telling Winston about um, for St. Clemens and mentions mm-hmm. how she's never seen a lemon before. Poor people. I love <laughs> lemons. <laughs> I just, why get rid of a fruit? I don't know. 
Why are we not allowed lemons anymore? I don't understand. So chapter five, Syme has officially vanished. Which yeah! <laughs> I, I just want to say, I read that first line and I, my, I was so excited. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yes! It's like he didn't add anything. He's just kind of like whatever the... Um, yeah, whatever the party said, he was like, yeah, like less letters the better and i'm like dude like chill out i don't understand so there seems to be more rockets crashing than usual everyone is prepping for hate week and the proles are starting to riot now so they burned an effigy of goldstein and killed an older couple that they were convinced were spies like i rioting is a form of expression i understand but the fact is, I don't understand how they've controlled this amount of people to... So they started this rumor that these two couples were spies. Like, why? Why would you even start that rumor? I don't I don't understand. Like, these couples might have been innocent people. And spies for who? In this, in this time, you can be innocent and you're... One person says one thing. Mm-hmm. Just out of disgust, if they don't like the way they look, they can go to thought police and say, this person committed this crime. There's no judge, jury, or justice. It's literally death. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. So whoever yeah. started the rumor must not have liked these couples. Yeah, and it's just one it's old just, couple. They did. Or it's like they might have stirred up trouble for um, the party by remembering the past. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? So Winston talks about how he stopped drinking and uh, seems to have more of a positive outlook on life, which is good, I guess. He's getting healthier. Yeah, but he got fatter for some reason. He got fatter. Well, maybe he was super skinny. Yeah, maybe. He got fatter. His ulcer went away. His veins are clearing up or something. Yeah. You know, he's... Reinvigorated with life. Yeah. So Winston and Julia want to rebel against the party, but they have no idea and no way to do so. And um, Julia is not super concerned about what's happening in the world. Like, he tells her that he caught the fact that um, they were at war with East Asia four years ago. And she's like, I don't remember that. Like, she just takes whatever's on the media and is like, yeah, sure, probably. And she doesn't want to question it, or she isn't bothered that they're lying to her. She just takes it as it is. I don't think she cares either. Yeah. I think she's just, she's doing her, basically. Julia is doing her. She is doing what she wants. If that means having multiple relations, she's having multiple relations. If mm-hmm. that means rebelling and, uh, you know, being against the anti-sex league, well, being in the anti-sex league, that's mm-hmm. that's her. I think Julia is just living her life and doing what she wants. And she really doesn't care about the past, you know, and she doesn't really, to me, it seems like she doesn't really care about the future either. Yeah. Like if she gets caught, she gets caught. I think that's like her mentality at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, Julia guesses that the war isn't actually happening and the bombs that fall are probably done by the party to keep everyone fearful. Which- that is not far off. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me either. But it's like, I don't understand how she can think this and believe it and not care. 
Like, that's the thing that really bothers me is I just don't understand how can she cannot care about people in the world. She's been desensitized. Probably. I she's she's grew up in this world. She's what, 27, 24, 27, whatever we figured out she yeah. is. You know, she's she's grown up in this where Winston, he's older. He's seen the before her. Mm-hmm. She's just was born into it and she's just doing her. And I think that because of that, she's just been completely desensitized to everything going on around her. Yeah, that feels right. So Winston wants Julia to care about all the corruption, but she only cares about the things that immediately affect her, basically. Yeah. That's that's the I'm going to do me mentality. Yeah. It's not good. Like, it's really not good. And it's just... Things like this really show their age gap. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they don't have anything in common. Her mindset is still almost childlike. Yeah. Where it's like, she doesn't think she has an effect on, like, she basically is one of those people that says, I'm just a drop in the river. I'm not going to shift the current. Yes. You know, so she doesn't have any want to change the world. She doesn't feel like she should have to change the world. And she isn't going to do anything to change the world. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all we have. (laughs) Yeah, literally. But that's all we have for this week's reading. Thank you so much, Nicole, for joining me. Where can all the people find you? All the people can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitch. And it is all at Scarlet Rose FL. Scarlet with two T's. Don't misspell Scarlet it like I do. Scarlet with two T's. Yeah, Scarlet with two T's. Yeah, and I'll share that in the caption for the videos as well. So that you guys can find that easily. But yeah, thanks for reading these very messed up chapters with me. Absolutely. It was definitely interesting, and I look forward to uh, reading the next ones. I know. Sending shady text messages about it next to each each other because, yikes. Because we have no filter and we just can't wait. Literally, though. (laughs) I feel like we should just share screenshots of our text messages being like, "Um, have you read this yet? Because I read it, and geez. Well, that's like the first thing on the first time we, uh, we chatted. You were like, I haven't read it yet. I know you're like did you get to the murder part and I was like murder part <laughs> whoops <laughs> I really uh, thought you were ahead of me at that point I was not I was not <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me and we will catch you all next week uh, yeah bye bye Thank you all so very much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. Next week, we'll be continuing on with our read-through of 1984, and I really hope you guys are enjoying those episodes so far. As I said in the intro, if you want to help support this podcast, uh, please send it to a friend. Uh, Support us on Patreon. It really, really helps, and I would really, really appreciate it. Also, check us out over on Twitch. So it's at Barely Bookish on Twitch, or if you go to barelybookish slash dot com slash connect all the links are there and it's really easy and you can just click the buttons so yeah that's all i've got for you guys on this episode um if you want to follow me over on any socials it's at barely bookish on literally everything i don't know how i got so lucky getting those usernames but i did so yeah it's at barely bookish on everything and 
that's all I've got. Our logo is designed by my little sister Sarah. Our song is by Raphael Crux from freepd.com. And yeah, I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye!